Maori believe that the haka summons up our ancestors from the earth to stand beside us in battle through the sound of the earthquake. And hello everyone, welcome to episode 42 of the weekly Yes And podcast, The Weekly Yap. I'm your host, Travis Thomas, and this podcast is coming to you from northern Michigan, where I am through mid-August with the family. And uh, this is uh, episode 42, The Lost Impact of Hazing. And I'm going to get into that here in a little bit, but uh, just wanted to acknowledge and recognize some of the tragic events happening in the world right now, uh, some of the the unrest and the terrorist attacks um, in Europe, uh, the shootings happening here in the United States, and uh, just wanting to send my love and my prayer uh, to to everyone involved globally, uh, to those here in the United States, um, uh, wanting to wanting to support the the Black Lives Matter movement, and also wanting to recognize all of the law enforcement out there, all of the good people who are doing the work on a daily basis to serve, to protect, who are who are honest, hardworking, selfless people who have, who have dedicated their life to a profession. Of, of helping others and, uh, and just to show that support as well. I think there's a, there's a big belief out there that you can't be sort of pro-Black Lives Movement and pro-police at the same time. Uh, for me, uh, it, it, to me, it's not an issue of police versus communities or police versus blacks. I think we still need to address that the issue is much deeper. We have communities where there's little help, where there's little hope of change, of progress, of, of you know, the pursuit of happiness, where you have communities where there is so much anger and frustration that is pent up, that is built up, and then when you see an act take place that is, that is so heinous, that, that is so wrong, that it hits a, a boiling point or a tipping point where uh, they're just this, this, these disruptions take place. And so we need to, I think, on an individual basis as well as a national basis, yes, there are things that need to be fixed uh, within the uh, law enforcement community, but I think it's an opportunity for all of us to to look in our own backyards, to look at our own communities, and figure out what can we do, how can we help, and uh, and how can we contribute so that so that real progress is 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 actually being made, and we're not just telling people in these communities you need to change, nor are we we trying to tell law enforcement that it is your job to do the fixing here, and so. Big questions, big issues, but just wanting to send love and prayer to to everyone that that progress is possible, but all of us have a role in it as well. And so, which actually leads into a little bit about why I was inspired to to write this column today. And it's 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 a blog on my website. I'm, I'm going to attach it to to this uh, podcast. And it's this idea of culture and culture from the uh, the standpoint of athletics. And uh, it's summer right now, but the summer will quickly come to an end, and uh, we'll all be going off. A lot of kids all around the country will be going off to high school sports. They'll be going off to club sports. And, you know, a lot of them are already playing youth sports right now. And as we start these new seasons, especially on the high school level, where you've got kids that not only are they becoming a part of a team, they're becoming a part of 
a school, a culture, um, an environment. And there, as we know, we've, we've seen such horrible instances over the years with, uh, with hazing and practical jokes that, that went really wrong and uh, the tragic impact and the effects of that and how it's affected victims and it's affected perpetrators and it's uh, impacted entire schools and communities. And we're a society now that's much more aware and less tolerant uh, that these acts and these the hazing and the practical jokes actually are able to exist anymore. But when we think about it, I think we often miss uh, a real important issue when it comes to the idea of hazing as, as being an acceptable part of how we've built teams and how we've built cultures over the years. And we've, we've seen it as a rites of passage. And I think there's people that still see the positive impact of it. And they think if we could just correct the extreme hazing where it's not hurtful, we would still find the value of, of, of what these initiation or hazing uh, and, and the, the positive aspect of it. And I really think that that is the lost impact that is not being addressed as we think about hazing. And we, we still trick ourselves into thinking that that there is actually a positive impact with it, which inspired me to, to write this column that I'm going to read for you guys today, which is The Lost Impact of Hazing. And again, my work with Live Yes And is to help teams, companies, and individuals discover their own brilliance through purpose, authenticity, and collaboration. And I'm a performance coach for a soccer club down in Florida. I've worked in high schools uh, for many years. I've worked with athletes of all ages, and I've worked with organizations in creating culture. So this idea of how do we create uh, a culture that maximizes performance through building this idea of purpose, authenticity, and collaboration, and the idea of hazing has no place in it. In fact, it's the opposite. And so that is the reason I wanted to write this column today. So for any coaches or parents or school administrators or companies out there, and you're thinking about culture, and you're wanting to address culture in your own teams and communities, please be in touch. I would love to come in and share my ideas and training as well. So here is today's episode 42, The Lost Impact of Hazing. This is my column that I wrote this week. I can still put myself on that bus as a high school sophomore and remember the fear I felt riding back from our first road game on the varsity soccer team. I was already young for my grade, which only made the juniors and seniors all the more intimidating. I knew what was coming. The older players would begin quietly chanting the name of a new player, and then it would get louder. Once called, you were handed a ball, and the goal was to get to the back of the bus and touch the ball against the back door. In the process, you would get slammed, hit, and grabbed, and it took all the fight you had to get to the back door. But that wasn't the scary part. The real fear was knowing that you might get held down while muscle cream was shoved down your pants. Yep, icy hot in the underwear. Imagine that burn for an hour bus ride home. I made it to the back door and avoided the icy hot. I did it. I survived. I avoided a close call with public humiliation. We've all heard horror stories of kids not so lucky. And for decades, these are the kinds of activities we've considered the rites of passage for becoming a member of a team. I thought things would have changed greatly in the 20-plus years since I was a high school athlete, but it hasn't. Well, it has a little. 
We've now better defined legally what hazing is and are less tolerant as a society when we see kids treated poorly. And we have seen and felt the hurt for kids who have been victimized by heinous acts of hazing. But the other reason for not hazing still hasn't sunk in. For the past few years, I've worked with dozens of teams, hundreds of players, and it is clear that the culture of sports, for the most part, is still firmly stuck in the dark ages. Most team cultures are still built on a foundation of fear and intimidation. And where do cultures come from? Culture is the result of behavior. Behavior is the expression of values. Values are established by leadership. It always starts with the leadership. Sure, there are always exceptions and individuals who can challenge and act out even in the healthiest of cultures. But I am talking about behaviors that are accepted and perpetuated year after year. Coaches demand their upperclassmen take charge and lead. But what leading looks like isn't always clear. The players I've worked with seem to think leadership is being loud and tough on their teammates, especially underclassmen. If the coach is a screamer, the player sees that as leadership. If the coach likes to motivate through intimidation, then the players feel they need to do the same. I recently heard a horrible story of a girls' high school team where the younger players were explicitly told by the coach that they would not play and to stay out of the way in order not to distract the older players. The older players, in turn, would scream at the younger players, urging them to not screw up. Now, is the coach or players doing anything legally wrong? No, but the bigger issue is being missed, and it's not just a matter of being nicer for nice sake. This is the way so-called leadership has been established in American sports for decades, and it needs to stop. How did we get to this point? How did we trick ourselves into believing that A, this kind of behavior was okay, B, hazing builds unity, or C, intimidation and humiliation is part of building a successful culture? If our goal is building a unified team and maximizing performance, our method has been terribly wrong. Now is the time for a new conversation and model of leadership to emerge, and not only does it transform sports, it impacts every aspect of our lives. A big part of the work I am passionate about with Live Yes And is helping teams and schools understand that the model of leadership we have been tricked into believing is broken. It breaks my heart to work with players who no longer enjoy their passion because they are stuck in a team culture that has stolen their joy of the game. It breaks my heart because sports is about support. In fact, while having an email conversation with my good friend Michael, he shared this. Just thought you'd like the point about sports really being the game of supports. I'm guessing most athletes don't realize that sports, the word, really means support. I wonder if your athletes thought of themselves as playing supports and not sports, and considered themselves supportsmen and not sportsmen. They'd remember their purpose, develop a new identity, and realize their full potential. And there it is. That is the yes and culture shift that is needed in sports right now. It is about collaboration, not intimidation. It is about authenticity, not conformity. It is about creating a culture of trust and respect instead of fear. It is about nurturing an environment where players feel safe and supported. 
and to borrow the South African term of Ubuntu, which Nelson Mandela used to unite a country, which means, I cannot be at my best unless you are at your best. This is not a pipe dream. These types of teams and programs exist in the world. In fact, the most successful professional sports team in the world uses these values as the roots and building blocks of their culture. That team is the New Zealand All Blacks rugby squad. They have the highest winning percentage in all of sports, and they attribute their success to their culture. In the book Legacy, author James Kerr shares the principles and values at the heart of the All Blacks. Kerr's book points out a number of principles and cultural behaviors of the All Blacks, but one stood out more than others compared to our current model of leadership. The principle is called Sweep the Sheds, and it is their first principle. Never be too big to do the small things that need to be done. Kerr shares how that whenever they have a match, home or away, the captains and senior leaders of the team stay back in the locker room long after the other players and coaches have left. And what do they do? They literally sweep the sheds. They clean up after the rest of the team. They want to make sure the place is better than when they arrived. And who is doing this again? That's right, the captains and senior leaders. That would be LeBron James sweeping the locker room long after the confetti, trophy presentation, and the media has left. Tom Brady sweeping up athletic tape. Alex Morgan picking up every last Gatorade cup. Imagine the message that sends to the rest of the team when your star players, the players who make the big money, and who have proven themselves over and over again, stay back and clean up after everyone else. Now, take it to your youth sports or high school team. Consider the inclusiveness that would build on teams if we trained juniors and seniors in high school to replace fear and intimidation with humility, compassion, and service. It would end hazing and bullying and replace it with trust, respect, and safety. What if instead of forcing your underclassmen to do all the grunt work, it is instead done by the leaders of the team? Do you see what this creates? The message that is sent to your younger players is that they are valued and respected. Instead of feeling less than, they are welcomed into the family with compassion and support. Instead of having to look over their shoulder worrying about being embarrassed, they are able to focus on doing what they can do to positively contribute to the success of the team. Which approach do you think produces better results in the field? Younger players playing in fear? or players who know that the older players on the team have their backs. You're right, it is common sense, yet it is still not the way things are done. The All Blacks have another mantra when it comes to translating success off the field to results on the field. The phrase is, better people make better All Blacks. They understand that the game is played on the field, but it is our quality of life off the field that impacts our performance. So if one player is suffering, the whole team suffers. Therefore, it is the responsibility of every player and coach to make sure everyone is thriving on and off the field. Better people make better All Blacks. I have been honored to serve as a leadership coach, mental trainer, and performance specialist for the past few years, helping players and teams understand the connection between personal development and athletic performance. It blows me away when I see some of the top professional and collegiate programs in the world who still feel this type of training is a luxury instead of a necessity. 
whenever articles are written about these outlier teams, we treat them as some sort of Disney movie exception when we really have the knowledge and resources to make them the norm. And the reality is, these types of teams nurture an environment for athletic excellence. Coaches, ask yourself, what is the culture of values and behavior I am creating for my players? If you find yourself continually apologizing for your team's behavior, as well as your own, it might be time to take a step back and assess the culture you have created. Your legacy as a coach far exceeds the wins and championships you accumulate. You are in a position to influence lives either positively or negatively in an extremely impactful way. What is the legacy your program is leaving behind? The time has come for us to demand a better model of leadership in sports, a model that not only improves the performance of the athletes, but also improves their life at the same time. Better coaches create better cultures. Healthy cultures transform lives. Parents, coaches, let's not settle for anything less. There you have it, episode 42 of the weekly Yes Am podcast. I hope you all enjoyed that column. And again, for all of you coaches, parents, players out there starting new seasons, I hope you guys have wonderful seasons. Uh, it is time for us to demand a, a higher level of leadership, uh, a different culture in our sports teams, and the impact on and off the field will be felt. And again, my name is Travis Thomas. This is uh, Live Yes And. And uh, if you are interested in having me come in and speak to your organization, your sports team, or any one-on-one -on -one coaching, please be in touch. And make sure you check out my book, Three Words for Getting Unstuck, Live Yes And, which is available on Amazon Kindle right now. So there you have it, episode 42. Have a wonderful, wonderful Yes And Day, everyone.